Hey yo, hey yo, listen. Yo, what's good? You're listening to Sin. 90.7. Hip, hip hop, hip hop anonymous. Damn you! You get him easy one. You're listening to Sin Hip Hop. Yes, get it. <laughs> what's up, guys? You are locked into Sin Hip Hop here with Jenna and Dabs. We are so excited right now, aren't we, Dabs? Excited, live and direct. Because on the phone we have Jamma. Jamma, what's good? Uh, what up? Hey! Thank you so, so much for joining us here on Sin all the way out in Melbourne. As we said, we are so excited to chat to you about the grime scene and your new track, Ian Wright. Mm-hmm. It's honestly an honour to have you here. Like, There's like podcasts that I've seen on YouTube and internet, and I'm like, yo, this is a legend right here. Like, Just pure hype levels are through the roof right now. Yeah, we're, we're, we're many hours away from each other, so... We are, we are. It's crazy. <laughs> So, we know that you're a grime veteran and an absolute legend. From Nasty Crew to Boy Better Know, for the people in Australia mm-hmm. who don't fully know about grime, talk us through your involvement with music, how you got into music, and how you're at where Jamma is today. Well, I've, I've, I've always been doing, like, in, interested in music since I was, like, a baby. So, I've, I've kind of just grown up in an environment of music. When I was around 11, 10, 11, I was started getting into like mixing and um, that kind of progressed when I got to like around about 13, 14, I wanted to buy some equipment. And then I started building my studio by the age of 15. And yeah, it kind of just, it just kind of blew up from there, kind of my house. My mom's basement was the iconic place where like all Dizzy Rascals, Skepta, Wiley, uh, Kano and all the other artists used to come and chill and make music with me in the basement from a young age. And um, and it kind of just it built from there. And then I I done Lord of the Mites, which is one of the biggest grime series. Lord of the Decks, which was like pre YouTube, which was where you would see all the artists. And kind of just pioneered it streetwise up from there. Was selling it from my car boot, selling stuff from my house, and kind of using my house as kind of a a home for the for the music. Um, because street violence was very high at the time and there was a lot of people dying so we just wanted to get as much people off the street doing something constructive so we just used the house as that vessel and and now we have the grime scene and you being one of the pioneers of the grime scene and a legend and a a producer over in your your hometown right and the legendary basement that produced the lord of the mic series in its 18 years of lord of the mic how have you seen the evolution Mm -hmm. of that be taken it's crazy like what I'm about to do now with Lord of the Mics is totally insane. Like the business that I'm doing, you know, the companies that I'm talking with, people that I'm partnershiping, having partnerships with, you know, it's kind of surreal. Um, when it is surreal, you know, because this is something that just started from the basement of my mom's house, and you know, we've built one of the most influential, iconic, um, groundbreaking, and also one of the biggest platforms to bring the most artists through internationally worldwide you know before a lot of platforms even existed i was bringing these products to the forefront so to see you know it still be here still be relevant still be respected and to be doing great business still is kind of a dream come true for that brand 
These guys here don't understand what it's like to, you know, be walking down the street to the shops and someone be like, do you want to buy my mixtape kind of thing? <laughs> you guys don't have that. No, whereas, whereas I will know that from back home. But um, yeah, I was just going to say that obviously as Arsenal fans, making the best out of a bad situation is something that we are quite used to, unfortunately. So can you tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about the background behind making this track, Ian Wright, and what really, how did it come about? Oh, yeah, basically with Ian Wright, what happened was I was performing and there was somebody on the stage that um, didn't like that I was taking up all the space on the stage, basically. But when I perform, I give a show where, you know, I use the whole of the stage, I give energy. Basically, I was uh, nudged by this other musician who everybody seemed to think was Ian Wright at the time, which is an iconic footballer that actually uh, played for Arsenal in the early 90s. It went viral, woke up, my phone was going mental. Everybody was kind of talking about Ian Wright and him being the person that pushed me and made the papers. Mm-hmm. So I needed to kind of counteract that. So I went to the studio and we just started cooking, man. We, we, we went in the studio and we, we made Ian Wright. I met him at 4 a.m. around about 4 a.m. In, in, in the morning at the studio. And his flight was at 9 a.m. So we made that within four hours. So, yeah, big up what's so not, man. He's like a total G. How was being in the studio with him and what was that experience like in creating that song? Yeah, what's so not's a G, man. Like, I could just tell he's really out there, you know, putting his feet in different waters and just testing how he can adapt in those situations in different kind of cultures and places and textures of music. He listened to my music and he listened to Merkel Man and he really structured a really amazing instrumental, which is now the instrumental for Ian Wright. And it's a very unique grime instrumental and sounds very authentic to what we do. Um, and it's one of my actual most amazing songs to date. Now, a lot of people are really, really into the sound of Ian Wright as a record. How important is it for you to find the right producer to work with for your tracks? There's beat makers and then there's producers. It's two different things, you know? And um, I know What So Not is also a beat maker and he has a lot of instrumental driven music. When I'm in the studio, I can tell that he is a producer. He he knows about getting the vocals right. He knows about how the song should be running, the structure, the arrangement, the break, the bridge, the chorus, you know, how it should come back in. And these are all things that come from being a great producer so yeah big up what's so not man and talking about the distinction between a beat maker and a producer how do you feel about the sound of grime in australia i don't know they're different you know it seems like home there i know they have an understanding of music i know d doubles came out there i know a few different artists have flown out and performed and, and it's looked really amazing and the way that they've been receptive to the music is really uplifted because you know when you come from a small tiny part of the world and you make this music that's actually very niche and actually it's even niche in the small tiny part of the world that you exist in to then magnify and then blow up outwards worldwide internationally it's kind of not even real yeah. and i think the internet really did help a lot with connecting the dots there but i do know there's been you know in in, in australia that they have been looking into you know uk music for, for a period of time things are meant to spread the internet's been a great thing you know with expanding artists and music and sound and genres so yeah we're, we're grateful to be able to push the music as far as possible all over the corners of the earth so you work with what's so not are there any artists here that you would be interested in like collaborating with i know i saw australian drill the other day yeah, yeah. man <laughs> yeah it was really interesting actually um and i know there's a whole underworld 
in Australia that do drill, which mm-hmm. I've been hearing around about. Mm-hmm. I, I just think it's fascinating to watch culture spread so mm-hmm. far and wide. Artist-wise, to be honest, I just want to make some more music with What's So Not right now. Mm-hmm. That's my main aim and kind of just work on building a small catalogue with him. Yeah. And maybe coming out there and then him connecting the dots with you know the artists that are out there for me organically because it's all about meeting people and getting to know people for me and building relationships so yeah. that's very important to me well that mm-hmm. makes sense because it's obviously working for you with this track is coming to mm-hmm. australia something that you would definitely be interested in yeah i'm pulling up you're pulling up <laughs> i'm gonna pull up well it'll be, be this year sometime oh excited come play in the studio yeah i'm gonna pull up i'm gonna pull up and not watch so much store and say i'm here yeah <laughs> yeah so i think i think i think mainly music's about traveling as well uh-huh. yeah that's the whole reason i made ian Wright with what so not if he didn't decide to travel at the mo- at that time i would have made the record but it wouldn't be the record it is today mm. exactly how do you feel about having genres and people coming from the uk or people from coming from australia to embrace the culture in the uk i would say something that's grown from something that that's real it tends to just kick up in all different places of the world. You know, if you look at hip-hop, you see every different colour race from around the world, you know, with a snapback or with a fitted, a certain way, a style of dressing and stuff like this. And this is because I think around the world, everybody wants to be a part of something. Everybody wants to feel like they are part of a family. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And music is strangely a family you know you go to festivals you go to gigs you you know you might be gigging in your local area you might be doing music and there's many people that if you look into it now and think about it you meet these people through music you know these people because music brought you together and i think that's the main key behind this whole situation of things going to different territories people understanding it people buying into the culture, understanding the culture, supporting the culture. The main thing is it's about bringing people together. Yeah, exactly. Even like how you how you met What's So Not and how you guys were brought together from just the realness and how you saw his production and then his him obviously seeing your music and deciding to come together and make a track out of that. It's interesting because before I even worked for What's So Not, I know uh, I've been getting some tracks sent back and forth by Hermitude. I've got some tracks with them. I don't know if I was meant to tell you this. <laughs> <laughs> Exclusives, we love that. Um, but none of them actually came out yet. So, But when I met What's So Not, it was in in person. I didn't have actually got a chance to get in the studio of Hermitude yet. So what I felt from that was like, as soon as I got in the studio of him, you know, it was, it was really just a spiral effect from there. So yeah, I really want to get over and kind of get into sessions with people because I think there's something happens when I'm in the room with another creative. Is that something that you've really seen change throughout your career? Because obviously, you know, going a bit further back, we didn't have these sorts of connections and stuff like that. But now, like you say, with the internet coming in, with stuff like SoundCloud, you can like link and connect with people from all over the world. Is that something that you've really seen develop over your career? Yeah, it is. But at the same time, we would have got there by any means necessary at yeah. the time, you know. Like there were, when there was an early internet, we we was doing bookings abroad and stuff, and still flying out. But it is a lot more easy to connect and get your music out there now through the internet. But like I said, at the same, I'm pretty, I'm pretty old school. I'm pretty like old fashioned with a lot of things. But obviously, I understand the new generation, and I'm 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 with them shoulder to shoulder because I'm I'm learning every day. I'm willing to learn. I'm willing to listen. I'm willing to understand them. You know, and I think that has helped me a lot in my career. Well, Jamal, I'm a huge Arsenal fan, and I just wanted to ask you, 
what has been Ian Wright's take on the track? And also, will you be making any more appearances on Arsenal Fan TV? <laughs> well, Ian Wright loves it. He's been supporting. He's been posting videos and stuff and so on and so on. And I'm really grateful for that. Um, as he is a legend and a, a huge legend, huge. Yeah, he's a legend. I've looked up to him since I was young, and so yeah, man, both of you are huge legends. Yeah, to get the opportunity to work with him has been amazing. He's been really inspirational towards the whole situation. I'm glad I've been able to document something like this in my life, and I've had the opportunity to work with somebody so great and amazing. So yeah, it was kind of a great moment for me personally. My dad's a massive Arsenal fan. I'm representing him as well because he's loved that team for the whole of the, you know, all of these years. Well, Jamet, thank you so, so much for chatting to us today. The track is absolutely blowing up in the UK and we're hoping you can get just as much love for it over here in Australia. For all of our lovely Australian listeners, where can they find you on social media and do you have any last words? So if you have any spare time or you want to listen to the music or you want to see... Um, what I've been up to, you can go on Spotify or iTunes and type in Jammer and you'll find some music. And check out Ian Wright, my single, and Are You Dumb uh, mixtape, Volume 5, which is out now on Spotify as well. Perfect. We ha- well, hopefully we can look forward to seeing you out here in Australia at some point. I'll put it up. The CBC. We're going we're exactly. to hold you to that. We'll hold you I'm to that, Jammer. <laughs> I'm coming to do some groundwork. Thank you so, Thanks. so much Thank you again. so much. That's an honour, for real. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys. I appreciate it.